0: Hello and welcome to the Wolf Den Podcast, your home for competitive Digimon TCG, discussion and news. I'm your host, Nako, joined by my co-host, Sanitsu. This week, we will be discussing the recent details involving the Digimon National Finals 2023. Listen to us on your favorite podcasting networks, available now on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon. Link in the description below or find us at Wolf Den Digimon TCG.
1: On top of that, we also stream over on twitch.tv Zenitsu, and this gets uploaded as a video under the YouTube channel of Zenitsu.
0: For our viewer question of the week, this week's question is, what card, if you had to, would be unbanned or restricted?
1: Oh, that is a very loaded question. Um, oh god. If I had to pick just one, actually. Let me even see what's even on the ban. Oh, I already know. Um <laughs> yeah, uh I'm paying attention. It's not that long. long a list yet. I know, it's not. Um I am actually going to uh say like this this is pretty spicy and controversial, but this also is me being a blue player and I kind of am okay with Tommy getting off. Uh I think Tommy ...is a more meta-dependent type of card, whether he's actually effective or not. Plus, we have ways to protect our Inheritables and um, different styles of play that make Tommy not necessarily super good. Um, and that's just kind of like the same type of nature that Death Xmon is, where it's just like, okay, in go-wide metas, this card is absolutely broken. But in single stack metas where you just move your stack out and potentially kill the opponent then and there, this card isn't necessarily so good. It can still be pretty powerful. Don't get me wrong. Um, not a security, if, uh, like not a security Digimon, and not a security option that just could remove um, cards from the stack is still pretty powerful. But it's not with the X antibody card. It's not as powerful because it hit, it's hitting less sources now. So, again, that's just my spicy controversial pick because I have a bias towards blue, and uh, I think Tommy can be uh, lifted.
0: I feel like Tommy is one of the least controversial cards you could have said, especially in blue. But...
1: Um, oh, no, Iceman needs to day.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, exactly. So I think Tommy is a product of Bandai uh, not understanding the problem, as well as maybe potentially acting too late, because it was th- by their reasoning like, oh, these changes were made for the North American meta, and we're going to restrict, you know, Jet Sophie and Tommy. And I think that was more a concern for them, like you know, like a uh, back alley opinion of, because the decks in Japan at the time had kind of become a an amalgamation of Blue Flare and Blue Hybrid was like blue hybrid blue flare decks and i think the north american meta was going to lean more in the blue hybrid direction so to sell their new product they had to you know cut that part off so that you were either playing blue hybrid or uh blue flare or nothing and then of course everyone just played melgax anyway and didn't need it but um my answer would be i think one of the more sane picks just because it still holds a special place for me um it would just be argomon level five it did nothing wrong Like, it could potentially be good, but for it to be a pretty okay card, given that Green has been pretty mid at best in the competitive history of the game, they were afraid of Nidhogg and Hit HPD back in the day, and they restricted it, like, before we even got to play with it, basically, when the second set of the game came out, and then... Compared to anything that's come out recently, it's not even close of power levels, so it could probably come off the list, but I just don't even think they'd care to touch the list ever outside of adding new things when they come up.
1: Uh, I don't think they're going to touch the list at all either, Uh, and I'm perfectly okay with cards staying limited to one. You could still play them, uh, and it kind of is more just like a showpiece on like, oh, this card was hit because of, uh, well, most of their hits actually have been uh a trend where the digimon that kit are usually too efficient and do too many different things or they're just too uh well I already said too efficient but they're they're too tempo efficient like argamon uh level 5 d- basically digivolve for zero that's pretty efficient uh especially in decks that now reward you for having suspended digimon uh that can be pretty crazy and he free plays digimon also suspended on attack, which again could also be pretty crazy. Um and then I just think that's such a minor point because it's it's basically Blossomon,
0: but it has an inheritable. So it's slightly better than Blossomon. But at the same time, like you were really for there for the Digisorption level five. You weren't really there for the inheritable as much. It was an extra little like sprinkles on top and the the fact that Blossomon is completely untouched and one gets restricted, like I feel like it wasn't that thin of a margin where Blossomon was close to getting restricted.
1: Well, I think Blossomon didn't get restricted partially because of the fact that they didn't print another level five Digisorption three, which basically makes the evolution cost zero. So having two level fives where you're evolving for zero and if that's the main goal of the card, then that just puts you tempo wise potentially way farther ahead than the opponent. So, like, part of the reason why Jet Silfy was banned was because in almost every case scenario that you're actually playing and using the card, it evolves for one. That's still really tempo efficient uh, compared to a lot of other level fives, which is why I'm kind of, like, hoping eventually if they do decide to make a new ban list, I don't think that they're going to make one exactly for nationals per se, uh, but we'll get into that later, but... um that's why Graymon X-Antibody from BT-11 kind of needs to be hit, because he just makes the level 5s too tempo efficient, and that seems to be a really big contention point and problem um, with uh, the game's overall design in these stack-based decks. I think, I, I just, just the last point on the, the idea, is that it,
0: it just seems like a couple times throughout the history of the game... Bandai's had to make decisions involving banner restrictions due to, like, the rules, technicalities involving certain cards. And I think, like, to your point, it, it makes sense that Bandai didn't want there being four level fives that could Digivolve for zero, you know, using Digisorption. But also, just, it doesn't make sense that you can do that. So if they just remove, like, change the wording, you know, errata digisorption to state you must have another legal target so that like because that was the big risk and fear back in the day was that you would raise a level four that you started with on turn one digivolve for zero turning the card sideways and then digivolve into a level six immediately and back then having a level six was kind of the only goal of any deck and especially if it was like a Nidhogg and it was a reactive card and I could just clear your field if you happen to hard play anything or something like that. And that's, if you just just fix that, fix it so that I can't immediately raise a level four and just basically digivolve sideways and digisorption is significantly less of a problem. Maybe it's, it's still really good now because the decks go wide enough inherently, but I don't think Argomon needs to be restricted in a world where that isn't the case.
1: I mean, I think if you do make that Digisorption change, then argamon 100% can come off. Um, just because now, uh, like, everything has a sub-cost. Uh, where it's just like DNA Digivolution. If if you really break down how decks DNA, you'll hide your level 4 or level 5 uh, one card on the field or in raising. You'll hard play the other one. That hard play is the now cost to Digivolve, even though you're going to DNA for free. Um, So there's like a sub cost associated to it. So I think having like that sub cost definitely would make Digisorption more fair, uh, which is why we haven't Mm -hmm. seen it a whole lot. And when they did, now they stopped doing Digisorption zero and now it's Digisorption two or three to basically make the card cost one to evolve, which is still really tempo efficient, which is why Bloom Hydra is just still a pretty good deck. Yeah.
0: Uh, I think it was just kind of an oversight on their part and how they probably regret not making that, you know, rules distinction back in the day because they're still printing Digi's Orption cards every once in a while. Um, Uh, Which is actually really cool that they are still using mechanics that were printed as old as BT3. Yeah. When normally keywords,
1: like, just kind of exist and then go away to die. Yeah. I mean, Blocker still has a purpose. It's just how we utilize blocker is now different even though we do have a redirect which is not blocker but pair that up with blocker black war uh and now you get extra ways to defend against the opponent so um like mechanics are
0: this is super segue did you see the um it was it was a pretty popular but i don't read the subreddit nearly as much as i used to but it was kind of a big post on reddit about how the um like Basically, it was like an "Am I the asshole?" Of my opponent asked if I had any blockers, and I said no, but I had the cherrymon. Was like, yeah, cherrymon that technically doesn't have the keyword blocker, but is for all intents and purposes a blocker. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, I I remember that post. Like,
0: oh, it's, people were pretty heated about that because, I especially at like a locals level, like, a hundred percent, like um, like you're the asshole like you you basically withheld information that was you know pretty much freely available but like had the, the you know the opponent basically pried further and like okay let me read your card let me pick it up and look at it and it it would have solved the the uh disagreement or the uh gap in knowledge um like i remember uh i was playing in like a a, a smaller online event a while back and uh, I, my opponent had like a memory blocker on the field and like I crack a memory boost and put it in the trash and then he's like, oh no, like I have Chumon or something. And I was like, oh, well, and I guess I don't. And he's like, oh, but you already did. And I was like, ah, I guess yeah, you're right. Like,
1: my bad, I didn't ask. Like, damn. <laughs> yeah, I mean, usually it's it's always uh better to just if read the intent like the opponent is asking basically like it's almost just a slight change of the question do you have a blocker versus do you have a way to stop the attack uh he was again gap in knowledge or lack in knowledge um didn't realize that the new cherry mon wasn't a blocker but could still stop the attack so if Mm -hmm. he had known that that type of ability was in the game he might have rephrased the question differently um but yeah it's It's definitely interesting on how uh, phrasing and wording really does matter and uh, people who take advantage of it, uh, yeah, they are kind of just frowned upon because it's like, look, you knew what he was trying to do and you purposely misled him just to try Mm -hmm. to win.
0: Especially like the locals level,
1: like... Yeah, that's not the place to do it unless if people it's are still playing at
0: their locals in
1: 2023, like, you hold on to them for dear life. Oh my god. Preaching to the choir, my guy. Mm-hmm. I try to make my mm-hmm. locals as an open and inviting as I humanly possibly can because I know how important player retention is. I mean, it's just funny because it's something
0: I remember, but um, I think it was from my comments, like... It was, like, made on a previous episode where we were talking about the, like, just note, you know, like, you can only, you know, play in up to five store championships, and there's a hard cap of, like, per competitive season. And uh somebody had said something along the lines of, like, good, that makes it so that Zenitsu and all his crony friends can't just hog all the invites. Like, that's what I think, that's what I imagine when I think of your locals, like,
1: it's like a bad, like, 80s gang of Digimon players. Uh, no, because there's a lot of, like, local dudes. I know they're, like, some of them are really good. Uh, like Eli from Limit Break. I think he's literally, like, the team captain or something. Uh, he doesn't... Does he get a C on his chest? He's not the captain if he doesn't have a C on his chest. He does not have the C on his chest. You'll probably meet him at locals, or not locals, uh, nationals.
0: Well, he better be wearing a jersey with a C on his chest or he's not the captain.
1: Just hey, <laughs> That's the rule. I don't and know. And if he's th- the assistant captain, he gets an A. Uh, But uh, I know he's a local dude, but he plays at other locals more often than my local. So, like, my main local. Because I'll sometimes travel to some other locals um, as well, but not very frequently because work and work. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah. So, uh, finishing that segue. uh, Yeah, he kind of was in the wrong and... We need to be as welcoming and inviting to locals as best as we possibly can to uh, foster a healthy community. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Especially, like, for the most part, those kinds of things, like, even, like, the, the memory thing. Like, I don't know. I, I mean, definitely the, like, the dick a little bit, but when it comes to, like, The true competitive events i pretty hard stickler for the rules just because i'm doing my best to follow them and i like i expect that if i make a mistake in that regard my opponent calls me out on it and you know the situation gets corrected but
1: um i mean the higher up the competitive ladder the less you kind of should be running into those situations to begin with and if you are they're actually going to be more intricate then do you have a blocker yes or no no i don't but i have a redirector but i'm not going to tell you like well yeah i well, so i mean specifically my my situation involved a an event
0: I jeez it was a while ago too he was still playing imperial german but my opponent basically was playing imperial german and, and you know must have started with a uh, a pretty bad hand and um let's see I'm trying to remember the exact like I'm trying to remember the cards that could be played to make this make sense, but they had used a hammer spark without hatching their egg because they didn't have a rookie so they didn't hatch and then tried to play a hammer spark to play something else. And then only afterwards did I notice, like, oh, wait, you can't play Hammer Spark. You didn't have a blue source. And, like, okay, well, you know, now it's my turn, and I've already drawn, and I've already digivolved, and so, like, the the situation was deemed irreparable, and the opponent got a game loss for it. And I was like, man, like, kind of feel like an asshole, because I was like... Well, this happened. Like, I just kind of wanted him to get his card back and then me to get my memory, but that's not how that goes sometimes. So, I don't know. Yeah. Like, I the, mean, the judge ruling was a little weird because I want to say he, like, he basically just, like, hammer sparked and then hard played, like, a green rookie or something. Maybe it was BT8, and then it was, like, he hard played Stingmon or something. Could have been. Like, the point being is that he tech- he d- he didn't hatch because he didn't have a rookie. when he- It was fully within his control to hatch, and he just didn't. But then he played a card that technically gave him zero mana, but then he gained man- mana for it, or memory. And then I was, like, a couple steps into my turn before I realized it. And I was, like, doing the math, and I was like, wait, wait, how'd you play Hammer
1: Spark? You don't have blue. Yeah, so. I mean... I've done silly plays like uh, digivolving a uh, blue Digimon into uh, a green Digimon with HPD when that's technically not legal. It needs to be from a green Digimon. Uh, I've definitely miscounted memory, uh, but usually most of the time those were more repairable game states. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, that sometimes unfortunate things happen due to small little oversights. But, um, speaking of irreparable situations, uh, there's been some Nationals news. Uh, yeah. So, um, if anyone is unfamiliar, Nationals is coming up on February 24th. You have to fly out to California in order to play in person. Uh, they actually made the event free. So, as long as you could get to, um, California... For the event, uh, you didn't need to pay for a ticket uh, to enter the event, which is which pretty makes nice. Sense. Yeah, it, 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 it only makes that sense. I had speculated because,
0: well, they technically, by their wording, they only charge for shipping previously, or you know, giving us our prize participation pricing, what have you, and or I guess our pricing, and um, they're is no cost associated with them handing me a package in person or handing me some items. So no cost to for them means no
1: cost for me. And based on the location of Core TCG and the event, uh, they're only 25, 30 minutes away. So it's not like it's going to be a huge travel expense for Core to go to the convention center to set everything up. So they, they kept it as close to Core as they humanly possibly could probably for that reason just because it's easier to set up and also they haven't really done a whole lot in the uh west side of the country uh at least for north america um but the player cap is at 1152 players so i believe there's like rounding up rough estimate um 1700 players that are able to go uh, that have their invites, so about like five, 600 people aren't actually going to be able to attend uh, if it caps out. Right now, um, I don't necessarily think it capped out exactly quite yet, uh, but I also know not everyone is going to have the time and money to be able to do it, so mm-hmm. I think even though there is a cap that's lower than the amount of players playable, it's still fine. It's pretty safe. I mean, we, we basically, we had the
0: same conversation, you know, six, six and a half months ago when they announced it in person and um, because a lot of people, they played at their locals and they qualified with a store champ and they were super excited and then they found out that it was in California and they're like, I'm not going to pay for a flight and like three or four days in a hotel to to play Digimon. Like, I, I just won expense. my locals. Yeah, on top By of that, I expense. won my locals. Like, yeah, there's there's a lot of costs associated with travel, and which is a downside. But it also should hopefully make it, you know, that much more. You know, we're not going to have to worry about webcam shenanigans or, um, like people with bad internet or or whatever, what have you. Like, it's it's a true blue in person competitive event with you know staff judges and a you know, uh purchased you know convention hall uh rented convention hall for the event so it it's a standard and you know as like highbrow as it comes
1: uh yes uh and speaking of convention hall um it is going to start on friday that's when the doors open but we're not actually going to be playing anything until saturday that's like pure day one and on that day one, it's gonna be uh, estimated around eleven rounds. So that's mm-hmm. a lot of rounds to play. Um, that's a lot of Digimon. Yeah, and the rounds are best of three, forty-five minutes plus five minutes overtime, so about fifty minutes per round. So it's a little that's shorter than normal, is it not? Like by five, five minutes shorter? Um, depending on the TO, yes and no. I know, um, carta magica usually is forty-five minutes, where uh, top cut is fifty. So it's favorite. (laughs) Yeah. So it just depends on the TO and uh everything. I think because it's eleven rounds, the five minutes I kinda had to. (laughs) Yeah, the the five minutes shorter is kinda It'll add up. It'll be an extra hour shorter. (laughs) Uh yeah. Like all that time does add up. Uh even though they did rent out the venue, so they're not at any fear of like, oh, we need to um push everyone out just because the venue is closing because it's at a convention. They are fully renting it, and they can control time a little bit better because of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, which is good. Yeah, and then Sunday is uh, top cut. Um, so, single elimination, top 32. Uh, they actually increased the time to 55 minutes on day two. Which uh, makes just, sense. I mean, it's single elimination, so yeah. Well, yeah, single elimination, top, like,
0: it's... It's the top cut that I wish other tournaments had basically and it's been a while for me but this is probably what I would attribute more to it, like a Magic GP um of your your day 1 is your like kind of hoping for a shot at day 2 with most people not making it but day 2 like it really kind of cranks it up and it's it's its own separate event completely, you know, slate wipe clean. Um, I guess, except, you know, deck lists stay the same, obviously, but um, you at least come in fresh with, a, you know, a clean record and you just have to win. And, and the extra time allotted with top cut rulings means that nobody's drawing out or, you know, stalling towards the top. They're,
1: they're only, like, someone will be declared the winner at the end of every round for each match. Uh which is definitely a plus side, just because like people who play security control are notorious for stalling out games and uh forcing draws. So now this really puts some pressure on people playing those slower stall y based decks. Although I think like looking at just some of the stuff coming down the line in BT eleven, we're probably not gonna see a whole lot of like these stall based decks. Uh it's not gonna be hyper aggro either, just because that's not what black or Greymon is and he's supposedly the best deck of the format uh but that's a different story and we're going to actually see like more digimon at its finest in in mm-hmm. that top cut yeah which is something that i i look
0: forward to at least watching if not hopefully participating in but that's to stretch obviously given the amount of people going and given the you know hyper competitiveness of the event i will most likely you know generously uh you know be watching from the sidelines at that point
1: uh i mean hopefully ideally we get into top 32 but one can only hope <laughs> right yeah like i made it to nats i'll do my best
0: and then you know i I'm, I'm proud that i got there so
1: yeah uh and then there's going to be some other side stuff at I'm pretty sure Uh, they already announced like some Digimon uh, art museum and uh, I'm blanking on the website, Um, but they're going to be doing something special in person for uh, everyone on top of whatever side events might be firing. Don't exactly know what that might be, but uh, there's it looks like it's going to be a pretty fun event, Uh, a long one. Uh, especially on Saturday, but a pretty fun one at that. Uh, I don't okay. think there's anything else that's super spicy on the announcement. I'm just glossing no, over uh, it. BT11 was confirmed. Oh, yes. Uh, we BT11 are...
0: hard confirmed definitely will be BT11.
1: Yes. Um, and speaking of BT11, um, I don't necessarily think that we're going to get any ban or restriction lists updates or what be it for uh nationals. Um looking back at the previous history uh with the other nationals, um that was in EX1. Uh so it was an EX1 nationals and Icewall got hit after nationals. So maybe we'll see a ban and restriction for after nationals, but I'm going to take a hard guess um knocking on wood or whatever, um, that I'm right or wrong, depending on how you feel about the situation, that it is going to be full power BT11. Um,
0: I think an important caveat, cause I, I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I think it's more likely than, you know, I guess it was last year that we still see some change because they haven't announced no change in their announcement. They, they I mean, they didn't announce a change, but they also didn't announce a change So, you know, no news could mean no news, or no news could mean, you know, wait. And this tournament is notably almost a month later than it was last year. So if last year's announcement came at the same time and was implemented at the same time, it would be live for this event because it's, you know, a whole couple weeks later. So we still have maybe another two or three. It's not a long time before... They could potentially announce some sort of uh, change to the ban restriction list. Uh, They seem to make them roughly every six months now, given the last two instances of that time period. So we are kind of due for one, but um, in all likelihood, we don't necessarily see one. And then uh, Nationals just exists in its full... Yeah, BT eleven power, and then potentially something follows afterwards.
1: Yeah, and I think um based on just a little bit of playtesting and practice with BT eleven, um, and looking at Japanese data, I don't know how the Japanese feel exactly about it, but um just looking at the overabundance of Black or Greymon or Red Black Greymon uh as a whole, uh the core engine doesn't really seem to change that much uh between the decks in bt11 and what they're getting down the line so i think like the biggest and most reasonable shakeup that they can do to try to limit the power of that deck specifically is hitting the greymon x antibody card just because like i said before um when taking cards off and why cards were banned in the first place at least in my interpretation of it uh it's about tempo um that card Also just happens to add some really good protection on top of being one of the most tempo efficient level fours that they could use to get into a fast and easy level five Digimon. Uh, And that seems to be like where the core crux turning point is for them. Um, So I wouldn't be surprised if that card gets hit eventually. And same thing with Cool Boy, just tempo. And Advantage is the name of the game, and that card just does way too much, and the deck is staying around probably longer than they might want or anticipate, but when they give it, like, three sets of Greymon support, that's no surprise. Mm. Yeah, um, yeah, there are a couple different directions they could go,
0: but I think uh, the big thing to know is that we do have a couple weeks left for them to announce something. Uh, I don't know exactly what they would announce or what they would hit but um they have surprised us in the past we didn't expect cross arts to get hit and then it just suddenly was and we were just living in a world where cross arts didn't define the meta anymore and it could be true for nationals as well
1: yeah because uh this time last year was about when they announced their ban and restriction list i'm literally looking at my youtube right now uh when that announcement was made and it was made on january 14th so um Dude, uh, that was. we could get one next week yeah we, we literally if we're expecting one it should be basically this month so that way we're not blindsided with oh by the way this is not viable in BT11 because I know some people are do, like doing preemptive testing like we are um, but yeah uh, if we're going to hear something it's going to be soon if we don't hear anything it's just going to be full power and we might get one later
0: hmm so that being said um just why don't we take a minute to look at just the general scope i we could get into more specifics later as it gets closer especially after there's a ban restriction announcement um potentially or the, like too close for there to be one i don't want to you know ran rave about something that may or may not exist but from like a top-down perspective what what is your total meta uh
1: vision for bt11 um well uh i hate to use japanese data but i've also been playtesting the deck myself and right now black war greymon just looks that strong i don't see a reason why i would ever not play black war greymon other than The fact that I would be afraid of the mirror matches and just exhausted from playing mirrors uh, or just losing to that off-grandis or that off-deck that just is able to be able to uh, deal with my Black War Greymon. But I think like against a lot of the spread against actual popular decks that people want to play, um, it does very good into almost every single one of them, especially any that's relying on Tamers. Just the fact that Black War Greymon is still a big tamer hate deck just really limits the viability of any deck that's using any kind of tamer to gain advantage at all
0: Uh,
1: final results from Japan for those
0: interested were that Black War Greymon was three times more popular than the second most deck um, which is kind of not as bad as it seems but in some ways it is because the second best deck was cross seven But the third best deck was Cross 4, so technically they're getting split along, you know, a couple card choice lines defining them as separate archetypes, which they are rightfully so, but that basically puts Cross Hearts as a combined, like, 60-ish decks um, versus the 105, which is a lot closer than, you know, 105 to 36, and... But, but realistically Black War Greymon was just that strong and it really came out the gate really strong in Japan so that um, I think it even died down, not necessarily because people found ways to beat it or because it started to lose, but because people were just mad at other people for playing it and they stopped playing it because it's entirely locals-level information. If I played three weeks in a row and everyone's playing Black War Game on, I just don't go to the fourth week
1: uh yeah, uh, and like you said in previous episodes, it does get lonely at the top, like if you're going into Nets, you better be prepared to see and face a lot of Black War Raymond, even just like North American buzz on reddit, Facebook, discord, uh what be it, A lot of people are thinking about bringing Black War on. So maybe bringing a counter deck um, like Grandis uh, would be a good idea, especially if you don't want to play it. Uh, that type of a meta call might actually end up working out for you. Although 11 rounds of um, not necessarily just all Black or uh means that if you end up seeing a pretty sour matchup, uh, which could still happen, um, then you might just have goofed yourself. Uh, which, I don't know, uh, that's just the decision you're gonna have to make. But, yeah, Black War Greymon looks to be incredibly strong, um, which is why everyone wants it to be hit in some capacity. So, the rest of the choices that
0: Japan used to try and counter Black War Greymon, or play into Black War Greymon, uh, as I mentioned, uh, less, uh, frequent, less common, uh, Everyone was basically playing Black War Greymon, and there were a couple of decks trying to play into Black War Greymon. Um, I mean, there technically is a particular order here, but in really no particular order. Cross 7, then Cross 4, Grandis, uh, Minerva Loop, technically. Because it gets its other piece. I don't think it's that great, but... It completely fell apart in North America when its only Prey got banned, and it was just way worse into Melga than it was into Cross but it saw a decent amount of play in Japan. Um, Even something like uh, Ulforce saw a lot of play, a deck that is entirely based around Tamers that gets eaten alive by melga or black War greymon
1: uh i actually think like this didn't really show up in japan results that much at all um is melga like melga Mm -hmm. outside of black War greymon is still just decent into a lot of different um matches in against bt11 decks so like Mm -hmm. melga still has some viability to stick around yeah if anything
0: i think the, just the repetition of someone who's played Melga as long as it's been competitively viable has some value to it, even if they're no longer the favored matchup. Uh, it really depends upon what the actual matchup looks like for Melga into Black War Greymon. and most notably, Melga X doing something that it's probably not too familiar with and it's playing from behind.
1: Yeah, um, I initially did some testing against Melga versus Black War Greymon, um, and Black War Greymon is just kind of favored as long, caveat, as long as they get into their stack first and their stack is good enough, Uh, which sometimes it is, sometimes it's not. So it's not like it's a complete washout, but if they are able to set up good enough, they could just wall you out and stop you from doing much of anything and then you just kind of lose from that point forward because you weren't able to aggress. Uh, But Mm -hmm. if you open the nuts and see all your pieces before they do uh, which Melga is a little bit more consistent than the Greymon engine just because of the extra draw power that Blue generally has accompanied with it. uh, It just, it could be a pretty quick match uh, if Melga does see its pieces. Yeah, I If
0: there's anything that I've learned about the last, you know, year and a half of competitive Digimon, it's that you never count out blue. Every time you think blue's not going to be good, people bring it anyway. I mean, even looking at the last couple metas where it's basically just been the Melga show and people that beat Melga sometimes, like Imperial Digimon showed up. Like, blue players play blue decks very well in North America, and if if that says anything it just means that i think if you bring a blue deck to nationals
1: um you'll you'll probably have a good shot I, I mean part of it just comes down to blues like toolkit that it's been working with for a very long time like it is just one of the more consistent colors and in this type of environment where consistency is literally king um having the more consistent deck generally puts you at favor Versus the opponents. Like Grandis is kind of just this ooh-ah meme. Because green isn't super consistent as a color. It's gotten a little bit better thanks to the memory boost. But it's still not exactly quite there. Especially since it also isn't utilizing X antibodies to its full capacity with Cool Boy and the option. Uh, I know some decks do run those types of cards. But some of them don't. But uh, blues just always had the best draw. And some of the best tempo tools. And that really can make or break games. Uh, very quickly and easily. Yeah. Um, I think. Blue's blues just
0: been in a good spot. For a long time. And as a result of that. Uh, even though it's probably not. The most favorite color or deck. To bring to Nats. Um, as I said. I, I do think. uh people will do well and see success with blue decks even though on paper they necessarily won't or shouldn't um but in-person events change a lot of things too and it's something that i think people will maybe undervalue a little bit is that you can be as calm cool and collected as you want like in your sweatpants in your living room but we have never had to fly across the fly across the country sit in a you know stadium full of people that all qualified through various means and you know look my opponent in the eyes and people's level of uh just composition while they're playing the decisions they make while playing the you know how much sleep are they going to get the night before what different varying degrees of jet lag are people going to have if you're flying from you know like myself all the way on the east coast you're four hours behind for the day of like that'll all matter and coming down to it i think uh how people different levels that people adjust will really determine who moves on to that day two maybe more so than uh some of the like the silly stuff that we
1: usually worry about right even just something as simple as food and water uh just oh my opponent's doing their turn or i beat them really quickly let me go get a glass of water from my fridge like that is definitely a different dynamic than what some people might be used to because i was in talks with uh my lgs and uh not saying our digimon scene isn't there it's just really small compared to a lot of the other games that are being ran. The two other big games is uh, One Piece and Yu-Gi-Oh! Yu-Gi-Oh! being Yu-Gi-Oh! putting that aside, uh, One Piece definitely, as a newer card game, has a bigger physical presence than it does a digital presence, where Digimon, it's the inverse. We have a bigger digital presence than a physical presence. At least this is just how I feel Based on uh, my experience going to different lGss and um, just looking at people's conversations about the game mm-hmm. so yeah, people just might not be used to a more physical environment, and that definitely could have an influence on how their overall performance is yeah it's uh it's
0: definitely a factor and I think the people that prepare better, the people like physically mentally um the people that you know maybe have better better birth for travel plans like um i mean I, jeez i, I want to say i'm coming in like thursday night i think because so i'm gonna i'm gonna be there like a whole day just to exist you know four hours in the past but um just adjust to la time you know, try and get a good night's sleep. I'm not like going out partying the night before. I don't no, know. No, you much, party how many... day
1: one after day one.
0: True, especially if you made it. Oh my god! If <laughs> you made, if it, you to you made it to
1: day two, you are partying. I don't know yeah. how hard did you people party, but if Max Deparis taught me anything, apparently they could party pretty hard.
0: Hangover cures are a must for day two, <laughs> but because also everyone's like fucking twenty nine and there won't be any actual like people there that are under the age of 21 probably
1: uh not a lot i would be guessing
0: i mean just based on like the average you know peak popularity of the digimon franchise versus like intersected with the amount of people that can afford to fly to la and qualify for a digimon tournament like that i feel like that intersection just by default makes you a little older
1: I wouldn't say you're wrong. I know my YouTube statistics and what they tell me, and they tell me most people are around the age of, like, 25 and 30. Um, Mm -hmm. I think it's, like, 25 and 35. Yeah, that's what I
0: would have guessed. Yeah, it's, like, usually 10-year brackets on YouTube. but um, So, I don't know. I hope, I mean, depending upon how the next couple of weeks of testing go and depending upon what we actually get for a bt11 is like i said like i'm still holding out some hope that there's some change just because i would rather play against a more diverse suite of decks which is really the only thing that would come about of a change is fewer people feel that they have to play black War Greymon. but um if if i feel like i can't really come up with a hard counter to it i don't even know if i could really convince myself to play it even with the event that it is and I might just take it as, like, a fun weekend and play something fun. You know, see how far I can get with something weird. You know, say that I went, like, you know, what, five and six with, like,
1: a Poop Tribal or something like that. I I mean, somebody will definitely be making that video. It won't be <laughs> me, I'll, I'll tell you that. But, because uh, yeah. I... I would bring that type of a deck to locals. um, But I wouldn't bring that deck to like big competition. I think that deck has some very clear problems. But regardless, um, I totally get how you feel. I'm trying to think of myself like how do I handle the mirror? And am I okay with wanting to play the mirror to want to play Black War myself? Because right now... Uh, just based on some initial testing and data, and just watching uh, Japanese gameplay and all that stuff, trying to do my research and due diligence, uh, it seems like the best way to be able to beat Black War Greymon X is uh, literally either wait and pray for all of the protections to be removed. Um, So the Wind Digivolving effect of Metal Greymon X adds DP Reduction Protection and D-Digivolve, so maybe taking advantage of the fact that it might not deal as much damage to pace yourself differently, uh, that might be able to have a huge impact, or just figure out ways to beat into it, so uh, that's why everyone really was like Grandis is going to be the next Hotness uh, because it's a good anti-meta card or, like, anti-meta deck against Black War Grimon because I'm just bigger than it, I hit over it, and it has zero protection against what I'm doing, and then I just kill them, and that's the game. Um, but I do think, like, decks like Jessmon now are allowed to exist because of that same style of reasoning, where it's like, oh, Jesmon, one of the key, like, draws to Jesmon is attacking into the opponent's unsuspended Digimon. So it's like, okay, now that Melga's out of the way... Uh, And Black War Greymon's perched up on that post. uh, Different decks that beat into it might be good. Um, Which is why I think, like, uh, Secret Tech Raid might be a sleeper hit. Just because, again, attacking into the opponent's unsuspended Digimon, as long as you're bigger than it, it, it's basically like you're playing green but in red. So, that might be pretty good and spicy that people might not be expecting and that might give you a huge advantage. It's just trying to figure out and read the meta and determine what deck you want to play and what decks you're more likely to see. Yeah. Um. Overall, I'm still
0: very excited uh, for the event. I'm glad that I qualified, and I hope I have fun, and I hope it's worth it, and I don't feel like I'm wasting my valuable, limited vacation time from work to fly out to... California to play in a Digimon tournament, but uh, it's something that I know myself from last year or, you know, plenty of other people in my local area would feel very privileged to have the opportunity to do so. So um, I also feel as though if I had, you know, taken it uh, for what it was and just said, well, I'm glad I qualified, but I'm not gonna, you know, spend the money and fly out of California, then I probably also shouldn't have taken the you know, Nationals qualifier away from someone, you know, in August when I won.
1: Yeah. And the, uh, I want to say the unfortunate thing, but it's just the nature of how product releases go. The set comes out literally one week before Nationals. So, um, I don't know exactly your situation, but I know I'm getting a whole case. I know I'm picking it up. Uh, if my LGS is nice enough and I'm lucky enough I might be able to get it a day or two early to start deck building. I, I like kind of asked them very nicely, like, Hey, uh, do you mind if I do this? And they're just like, we'll see what we can do. And I was just like, good enough for me. So, uh, how are you going to be? Cause I know you are a little bit more limited in what you generally buy and how you build decks. Uh, how are you approaching deck building for Nats? I,
0: I'm actually not super concerned about it. um, so that what the the
1: pre-release is the prior weekend, right? Uh yeah so if the set releases, let me get a calendar out. Uh so if the set release if Nationals is the 24th, if the set releases on the 17th, so pre-release is the 10th. So I double checking cuz
0: that feels close enough to where I feel like the signups for that already would have been out, but at the same time, I they're haven't not, gotten. They're not any... posted
1: on the website. I remember reading yeah. it
0: earlier. Where I haven't just gotten like... any pings in my locals Discord, but, uh, while I'm not like friends with a whole lot of people at my locals, just because I usually don't go as much as a lot of them do, um, we're all still friendly with each other, and I think for something like this, I really don't see any issue with me just basically going to my locals. Uh, during pre-release or if at the worst like on release date you know well i guess well that would be like the thursday right i'm already maybe gonna be in los angeles by then but um some point between then just picking up the product that i am gonna buy um and making any trades or like individual card purchases that need to happen at that point in time um i don't really like having to buy cards on, you know, release weekend at their singles value, but it makes a little bit more sense than gambling on just buying more product. So, unfortunately,
1: that seems to be the route that I will have to go. Uh, yeah. Uh, that's why I kind of just buy a case, just take all, or as much RNG out of the equation as possible. The only, like, RNG that actually is kind of making me worrisome is, is uh the secrets just because um uh rena is a secret rare and for the uh for the all four stack you need four of them and there mm-hmm. have been moments in my case where i haven't gotten a full playset of the secret rare and i'm like actually freaking out and panicking uh, I know I did that in BT7 with Susanomon. I didn't get four Susanomon. I got three Susanomon, and I was like, oh, crap. Mm-hmm. Granted, it meant yeah. a lot less back then than for something like Nationals, but even in my case scenario, it could still happen, um, which is yeah weird to me, but okay. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, based on the decks that I'm, like, right now considering playing, not super concerned about it, I've already kind of... Uh... You know, keyed into the cards that I would need, and I mean, I I could tell you right now, I'm not playing Galacticmon and I'm not playing
1: Ulforce, so my concerns are significantly less than yours. Ah, oh, but Galacticmon though, think of the protections. He just can't be removed, although he is kind of hard to set up, though.
0: Yeah. Uh. So, um, thankfully, I can basically have. Like sixty to eighty percent of my deck, uh, that, those are those numbers are completely made up. I have no idea, but um, sixty to eighty percent of the deck built prior to BT eleven, and just slot
1: in the new cards as needed, and go on with my life. Uh, I mean, because of the way I've been purchasing Digimon, I should be okay. Uh, if anything, I might be the guy to help other people. <laughs> mhm. So, um,
0: I know the news has been a little light recently. But you know, thank everyone for sticking around, listening. Uh, we've we've been trying to do our best to find things to talk about and find things that are interesting to talk about, and not just kind of put out a video just for the sake of or podcasts for the sake of putting one out. So if it means the content's a little light for a while while we're kind of in the lull, it kind of is what it is. We'll come back as soon as the like competitive season you know reaches its apex in the next couple of weeks before our nationals. And then our, you know, we have a couple weeks of, uh like, post-Nationals things that we plan on doing, too.
1: Yeah, um, and I'm sure as we get closer to Nationals, we'll get more information. I'm still curious on what kind of promos uh, that are going to be the, like, entry and winning promo for the pre-release. And uh, just how the pre-release is going to go in terms of that sealed environment, because... uh each set literally has a different type of sealed environment and Imagine i know
0: sealed environment in 2023
1: uh, believe me <laughs> i don't i don't enjoy it but i seem to be good at it so i'm just like whatever i'll ride this tail as long as i can um but it it's something people do generally look at in terms of like oh how i see the question pop up often enough like what does the sealed environment look like um mm-hmm. But regardless, just the scramble to get the cards is going to be interesting on how it's going to affect the market and just everyone's perception and initial testing on where things are going to go. It's going to be more exciting the closer we get to Nationals is kind of just the gist of it. I mean,
0: now, this is just, you know, my business sense thinking forward. If I were core tgg and i had already gotten approved to host nationals in person for you know a thousand or more people uh when you you know we go in friday i think just to confirm something like i don't remember exactly what what's what's friday for again uh but...
1: friday is basically sign ups. let me scroll okay yeah you down just like post. you sign up and then you
0: actually show up in person to say well i, I signed up and i'm here yeah so finalized list and then saturday morning you have to submit your deck list but i bet i bet my ass that they have like like a ton of product oh you know they are you know they are you could probably you could probably maybe not like super cheaply but you could very reasonably expected uh if you got there maybe early enough on friday uh walk into the convention hall Sign up for the event and buy a case and they go back to your hotel room and build a deck.
1: Yeah, and I also know uh not necessarily trying to advertise for PPG, but PPG is also going to be doing an event like the week before, where uh it's they're gonna be giving you like a travel voucher and uh like booster boxes in order to help get you prepared for nationals, like literally the weekend before. So there's cool. there's ways it's really to really cool of them. Yeah. So there's ways to um, get yourself as prepared as you possibly can. Obviously, knowing what deck you want is gonna be like the biggest and most important thing, and just and having
0: it tested before you have to build it because you uh, won't have yes. time. Like, I mean, technically, like I I could see some people if they're truly paper only players that only test decks once they've had it in their hands and they're they have a couple people they play with. I can see some people like picking up their like i don't know about you but i i pick up my product pre-release weekend because i don't buy it large enough quantity that i have to wait later so i get my like two three four boxes pre-release weekend and then i build my decks and i would have technically a full week of dedicated play testing um between pre-release weekend and nationals if i so
1: choose uh, speaking of pre-release, actually, and picking a product, then I might be able to weasel my LGS into trying to get a case for me then, instead of uh, at launch. So, yeah, thank you for so, reminding me on that one. Um, yep, I mean, I'll be there. That's like, why not? So,
0: yeah, that's all we have time for today. Uh, thank you for sticking around to the end. Uh, it really helps us out, and I will see you.